1: Had to rely on someone that wasn't even my family, wasn't even a friend. I pay this woman to help me, and she knew in my deepest moment that I needed to be saved. so you can't just blend up your placenta with some berries. <laughs> Keshni, get on that stage and you bleed and you host, you know, like, oh Zoe, your, your, your boobs are going to explode from milk, but you host that event. Do you think I want to change your shit multiple times a day? Like, do you think this is fun for me? And do you want to mix in crocodile rolls? Like, where is this heavenly? Hi,
0: I'm Keshni Kemp and I'm the editor of Who Magazine. This is our podcast, Raw Talks. Raw and unedited will peel back the layers to reveal the friend, the mum, the wife, the partner, the person behind the brand. Today on the podcast, I speak to Zoe Marshall about feeling her late mum's presence, about trying to have a sexy time with her husband, Benji, and copping flack for drinking blended placenta. Hi, Zoe Marshall. Hi, Keshni. So good to see you in the flesh. We've been Insta-talking for a
1: little bit. You know, I've got a couple of friends that are Instagram like Instagram dates almost that kind of becomes this thing where you're not really sure where you stand with them and then over time it becomes a bit of a love affair and then you feel like you really, really know each other but you've never met. Mm-hmm. That's that us. is us. And also our sons could be twins. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think we have such a deep um, connection throughout boys. Yeah.
0: You know? It's funny. I've had other friends say to me, oh, my God, Xander looks exactly like Fox.
1: Oh, my God. When I see Xander, I'm like, is that Fox? He's just a, a bit chubbier but not for long. He's a lot chubbier. <laughs> He's a little full-figured. Um,
0: you share so much on social, which is one of the reasons that I love you. So you share the stuff that's not so sexy, the
1: mm. stuff that's not so
0: glam, but also the glam stuff.
1: Yeah. Do I you love-
0: ever feel like, we mm, shouldn't share that, or it's all in,
1: all in, all out? Well, I feel like that when my husband pulls me up on stuff, he's the one that's really, really private and he'll be like, no, you cannot post that. Or is that, has that gone live? And I'm like, um, which bit didn't you like? Cause I don't have the same filter. So I don't even know what is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with it. Mm. I think, you know, drawing the line it's, and it's really hard, you know, when you have a Child, like if you're breastfeeding that child and your nipple pops out, you definitely don't press post. Mm. You know, but <laughs> if that was acceptable, I probably would because mm. I don't. I think whatever is happening in the world, whatever is happening in your world, you should share. That's what the platform is for. The curated, beautiful, um, aspirational stuff is just. I feel really unfair to especially women and, and and mums
0: and i think it's a whole different it's a whole different market, you know. It's not. I think most people mm-hmm. can see that the women who are posting, you know, complete polished every mm-hmm. single morning, baby's exact outfit oh is ironed, and all this. Sh- I mean, I don't I <laughs>
1: imagine been, if you ironed
0: <laughs> your child's outfit. Like, my husband does hilarious. it. My husband what does do you it. Mean I can't. I I'm, I'm shit at ironing, and I really don't enjoy it. But my husband is used to because his mum did it. He's used to ironed? ironing everything. The cl- your child's clothes. <laughs> he does. He irons everything. Literally everything. He'll do shorts, he'll do shirts. I mean, it, it's not all his clothes because it's only the ones that Jason does. So, wow. I know. It's a whole thing. But uh, but if You're that mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're the mum we hate.
0: No, I'm not. When I'm with Xander, no. he won't be in iron clothes because I'll get, you know, whatever I put out. Also, Jason, the clothes he selects for, for Xander to wear is very different to the clothes that I select for Xander to wear. Is like he he'll more put him polished? No, he'll put him in like ironed pajama pants. So Top. like it's those people that iron like bed sheets or they iron underpants that's like fruit loops that's him you know? he's a fruit loop he's a total fruit loop mm-hmm.
1: has there ever been anything that you shared that you regretted sherry oh i don't even want to bring it up again because it just went so differently to how i had hoped is probably the placenta capsulation right yeah, yeah. that was something that i you know i'm quite open-minded Um, and holistic, even you could say spiritual. But when it comes to – look, I didn't think about it in the way of that is a controversial thing to do. I didn't think that was controversial because I also birthed with a doula. I did – I had a completely different birth plan, I guess, to the norm that when I put this up and – the media got on the back of it that it was unsafe and that I was putting women in a dangerous position that it actually took its toll even to the woman's business that created the product, that was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously that's not the intention sharing no. something like that. And
0: it's so personal. It wasn't even – sorry, it was a shake. It was, it was a, smoothie. a shake. I'm oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> sorry. Yummy. I had the encapsulated uh, tablets, but I think that's what it was. It was that I was drinking my placenta.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. And what did they say at the time?
1: Just that – because and I, you have to understand that there are guidelines to this. You can't just blend up your placenta with some berries <laughs> and drink it, you know? There it's a very um controlled environment and there is a website where you have to go through and get the right person that follows the protocol cuz you it's a it's food, mm. you know, dealing with <laughs> you know OHS. Yeah. Um And I think that there was this whole thing that there are a lot of backyard bandits that are creating this product and that, yeah, sure, women can get sick. And I think that's really important. There is a website where you can find people that make this product really healthily and Mm -hmm. it's happening all the time. It's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Totally get it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what did you learn
1: from that? (sighs) Nothing because we keep posting anyway. And you know what? It's just you just don't know what is going to be the thing that blows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just don't know. For that, the hundreds of crazy things that I do, that's one of them cool you know and you've got to kind of cop it on the chin it's harder for the people that aren't in the industry that get that Mm -hmm. and go how do I manage this like papers are calling them and and journos want to do these stories and they don't know how to manage it that's what I would say would be the hardest thing it's not even for me it's for them yeah
0: and you've shared a lot of stuff about how it felt having Fox about being prepared not prepared all of that stuff really 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 open and it's I really like seeing that I really liked seeing that because Mm. I've got Friends, you know I had a really easy baby, and touch wood, and he and I was blessed. I was very, very lucky. But I've got friends who had such a fucking hard time. Mm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah. such a hard time with having a bub. And yeah. you know, I'd get calls at hours and things, and I wanted to support them as best I could. But they didn't really have other reference points where they'd seen other people like you who had mm. experienced that. So I loved being able to see that and share that with my friends. How, would, how Talk mm. about that process of sharing that. Was
1: it cathartic for you? Was it just part of your everyday because that's your life? I feel like it's a disservice to struggle, especially through something that is happening to so many people and keep it to yourself. And I really respect if you've had a fertility struggle or a miscarriage and that is private and I really honour that. There are, though women that need to find refuge in someone that has been through something like them to this day I get dms asking about the Chinese herbalist doctor that I worked with to fall pregnant now that was another super controversial thing that I did I didn't eat for two weeks literally nothing past my lips and then for the six months after that was you know half a cucumber for the first week and then A boiled egg and then just this maintaining my organs at this optimal level Mm -hmm. for so many people this was insane for the media it was crazy i was doing all these wild things and that really was the fuel for me to commit even harder to go i am going to fall pregnant this way Mm -hmm. and it is going to be uh not just a miracle it is going to be based in medicine that might not be the norm Mm -hmm. I get DMs from women saying I need his number to this day. And he's currently not practicing. Um, so that's really difficult. but I feel like just the struggle of falling pregnant to then what a pregnancy is like for different like it was was your pregnancy okay?
0: Mine was okay. I had different things but but mostly because of what I've seen I felt very lucky lucky yeah I felt like I had a really good run yeah
1: you know (laughs) this whole time you're just like I'm really good
0: seriously I mean how can I complain when when people are actually Actually, hospitalized or
1: whatever and then you go through birthing um, and that was a really brutal experience for me but it was also the way I reframed my thoughts around that was I became really empowered through it Mm. so I wanted to still have conversations about whether you're induced and you feel totally out of control or you have to have a c-section or whatever know your rights know you go in there you have this can be what you make it like anything in life and I think that it's such a disservice from society to say birthing is like this or becoming a mum is like this why can't we start to shake things up and go yeah yeah it's really hard yeah. and you will cry in fetal a lot. Mm-hmm. But also we're going to band together as a community and find ways to support each other through little tips mm-hmm. or little tricks of like, God, there could be anything from I saw this um, specialist, this naturopath who really helped me get through my postnatal depletion, you know, that there are tangible things. Or try and just offload your kid for one hour to somebody or try and get, you know, a friend to come in so you can have a nap, whatever it is. People, and I think especially women, go, I'm not asking for help. I'm totally self-sufficient. I got myself into this mess. Mm -hmm. I will suffer. Yeah and I think that we don't need to suffer and if we are suffering let's just not suffer in silence.
0: Totally and I found when I, I really wanted to have a natural birth I really oh God, really really too. really wanted to do it and <sighs> they said you can't you have to have a C. I See I had that placenta previa Oh yeah. and I was heartbroken because mm-hmm. I really wanted to do it and you know there is a stigma around it still which is crazy Yeah. and you know I've, even today I, the other day actually I read an article where someone was talking about how it's better for the baby to be born vaginally and it still kind of gets me. Of course. Like it's like as if i wouldn't do exactly what i could do that was best for my baby i wanted to do that so even that for me that was a bit of a uh, i like talking about there's that.
1: constant things like and i don't i really don't feel men get this in in the world but with women there's always these little underlying bitchy yeah <laughs> Stabs or jabs, which is va- saying a vaginal birth is best, is still an attack on women that have C-sections. Yeah. Breastfeeding is best is still an attack on women that have to bottle feed.
0: Yeah, and I, was, I had to bottle feed and I struggled with that choice too. But because why? Thought, That's
1: the thing. Yeah, that is the thing. It's like we have to start having conversations about – Whatever is going to work to keep your family harmonious and you full of joy because that is going to make a healthy, thriving child. Not a C-section, not a bottle, not whatever cereal, if you want to do baby-led weaning, like this we are so suffocated as women let alone throw in then having an intimate relationship with your partner a conversation with your girlfriends mm-hmm. a career <laughs> like god forbid that we have a nervous breakdown like it's setting ourselves up to have that yeah you yeah. know yeah. that would yeah. been great so I, I think that it's also going what's the worst case scenario right like is that to you a induction or an epidural or a c-section and if those things come up how do we find the best like will we be able to play beautiful music in there like Mm. what are our choices and can we say please don't use these words around me so i feel safer or can we have a midwife video or
0: do you know i just don't feel
1: like we have enough information at times with things that that we should be empowered about. Yeah. So that is why the overshare comes. It's not – and I think my husband sometimes thinks I, I do it to shock. It's it's not. It's to connect. Yeah. It's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And after
0: you had Fox, you know, you had that adaption of, of mum life, oh which is God. something that you didn't predict or couldn't predict. No. Did you have the right advice?
1: Did you feel like it was just shock to the system? I think that I grew up not sure if I wanted to have a baby – And then when I wanted a baby so badly and was blessed with falling pregnant after doing a lot of things to have him, I had this weird sense of I am not going to be a stay-at-home mum. I am not going to lose myself in my child. I am going to go back to work after two weeks. And I did this ridiculous interview with someone where I said that and I said I know lots of mums are going to roll their eyes at me. And then after the birth I was like, what were you thinking? (laughs) Are you joking? Like what do you get out of putting all of this pressure onto yourself postnatal? And so I went back to work. My first hosting job was at four weeks. Radio was at seven weeks. TV was at nine weeks. And radio was at home for a little while. They really supported me there. And TV was once a fortnight. So I felt like it was manageable. But the, the the thing that's going on is you've still birthed a human being that relies solely on you for all of its needs. Hormonally, you're fucked up. Your body is healing. You're still bleeding for six weeks, goddammit. Do you know what I I mean? mean. And I just thought, what what kind of hero were you trying to be? Who were you trying to prove this to? Nobody gives a shit, like, out there except you. Mm -hmm. And so this year I've stepped back a little bit, even though I am still working. I've stepped back from... TV and radio for a short time just so I could breathe. And you know what the best lesson was? No one gave a shit about that either. (laughs) Nobody cares about anything but themselves. And that's just the brutal truth. Like no one is like, oh, my God, are you not on that TV? (laughs) Like no one actually knows if I'm not on it or not. But the thing that we – the pressure we put on ourselves as women to make it and to do it all is – Ridiculous. And to
0: be dependable. And I <sighs> went back and I was hosting a Cosmo event at five weeks. Oh and I wanted to be there, but it's so hard mentally also to come out of this you know, total dedication to just skin time and mm. bonding and everything to go into something so, you know, it's empowering but it's it's work and it's corporate and it's, you know, it's working the room and all of those things. And mentally it was such a weird, weird <laughs> thing to do. Like it was just strange to be standing on the stage wearing a bloody oh, – because I'm bleeding, heels, you know. So like, and you're bleeding yeah.
1: and you're leaking from your <laughs> breasts or if they're not <laughs> leaking you're kind of like, what are my breasts <laughs> doing? and <laughs> (laughs) You don't know if it's day or night because you're with your child. Mm. It's the I think that that is a really unfair um, pressure that society puts on women to be able to do all those things. And I lived it. Like I went through that. I was dragged through the hot coals with having postnatal depletion for three months from putting myself into that pressure where I would cry every day. Because my body was so physically depleted, I had nothing to give apart from feeding my child, Mm. that I was bed bound apart from being at work or with my child. I said to Benj, I'm so miserable. I am so, so, so unhappy. And... Everyone is looking at me thinking I'm killing it, breast pumping at work and being with my son all the time and then hosting shows and turning it on and I was just so sad. Mm, A shell of yourself. So, so sad and I just had some time to reflect and went, well, what is joy, you know, and that is to be way slower (laughs) and to – take my son for a walk every morning while the sun rises and to be with him and still be creative in my industry and still make waves and do things, but don't overcommit. And I think that's really important for men and women as new parents to just – not overcommit, mm. that pressure. You know what are that's like. how were you
0: supported? Like, like how were you in that time? You know, um, obviously Venge was
1: there. Did your friends kind of rally? I suppose people don't really know what to oh do. God, they do. And because you're also wanting to save face a lot, yeah. you're, you've put yourself in this shit situation, so you kind of want to cop it. Um, but I remember, and this was a very dark, dark day for me, I had struggled a lot with my health. I couldn't get better. And... I wanted to go to the acupuncturist. Um, I was on my way there and Benj had to go away for I think five nights to play football and I really wanted somebody to come and sleep over while I was with the baby because it was just too much. Just, you know, having someone there. And I don't – my mum passed away and my – I didn't really have family that I felt comfortable with staying. Um. And my friends had jobs, like everyone had jobs and they have responsibilities and I didn't have anybody that could just be with me. And I remember having to work out the schedule because I had to go to work and shoot the TV show and calling my nanny, who was also my sleep trainer, Jen, and just crying and crying and crying on the phone because I was so embarrassed to ask her to help me because there was not one other person to help me. yeah. And she just, first of all, told me to pull over in the car because I was driving to the acupuncturist oh appointment. Mm. And she just said, I know, I know, and I will be there. And, oh, my God, it could make me cry again <laughs> because it was I had to – that was the reality was I had to rely on someone that wasn't even my family, wasn't even a friend, I – this woman to help me and she knew in my deepest moment that I needed to be saved yeah. and that was just like oh, the people that rally for you are the one the least that you would expect So, mm. and that was a turning point for you yeah of like sit the fuck down and like, <laughs> you need to look after yourself but also what other things do you have in place to support you and I wasn't getting enough help from Nannies. Um, I was trying to full time mum and have two full time jobs and it broke. It broke me. Of course. That is. Fucking crazy! It's crazy,
0: so crazy. It so crazy. It's funny that you know. Sometimes you need someone to reflect in you what it is that's going on. Like mm. my my mom is that person for me. She'll mm. see it. I'll never see it. She'll see it. She's like, "All right, you need to just have a chill weekend. You need to not go anywhere. You need to yes, not work care. late tonight. Just something." And mm. I would just be like, "No, no, no. All fine. All I'm fine, fine. I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah." And then you get to the point where you're so exhausted, you don't understand what it is that's yeah. actually mentally, physically. Obviously, you're quite exhausted anyway because you've got a bub and working or whatever. But you get to the point where you're just so
1: depleted. Yeah. That yeah. You, there's nothing. And I think that there is an expectation that, oh my God, you're a new mum, of course. Yeah. Of course you're depleted. Like, of course. To an extent. Yes. And yeah. then I think we need to go, how are we turning up in the world? And what responsibility do we have just to the safety of our family, which is our new child and our partner and ourselves, like that goes so by the wayside by trying to keep up everything else. Totally, yeah. um, and it's hard to step back from work and go, I'm going to mum and I'm going to do other creative projects that are great. Is that enough for my identity? Will I still thrive? Will I be okay? And I've never, ever been happier in my life because I am so – nourished and now I've got the Hutzpah to go back to work again and go, okay, I've got I've got something to give you. Yeah. But I think that we really need to honor that. There's so many cultures that force women inside for 30 days or 60 days to not move. People, you know, families, tribes, bring the baby to the mother to feed and then take the baby away so the mother can rest. It's like what happened to society where it's like, Keshni, get on that stage <laughs> And you bleed, and you host, you know, like, oh, Zoe, your 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 boobs are going to explode from milk, but you host that event, you know? What is so that? Totally, totally. Like, you wear a hero then because yeah. we get in high heels and get dolled up, and, and like you said, no one gives a fuck. No one cares. (laughs) They all go home to their eight hours a night of sleep (laughs) Mm -hmm. and their Netflix series they can binge. (laughs) No one cares. (laughs) Totally. And how about Raising Fox? Are you the
0: kind of mum that you had kind of hoped to be? I know your parenting Mm -hmm. wasn't always on your mind. It's not what you'd always dreamt of, but are you doing what you hoped you would?
1: God, interesting question, right? I thought that I would be a lot more more of a, a disciplinarian like I thought I'd be a l- more detached emotionally that I could be like no no it is bad, and <laughs> you will go to bed and I am just so soft yeah. and I will ju- I, I'm I will do anything he wants <laughs> I, jelly oh my gosh <laughs> I am just a sucker um I'm also wanting to be a conscious parent in the conversations we're having, but that's also hard. Sometimes I need to put on Elmo to change his nappy because mm-hmm. he is like a UFC fighter. <laughs> like, Sanders m- the same. What is with that? Seriously.
0: I thought I'd figured out a song the other day. To make was, him. Yeah. He yeah. Was pissing himself laughing and he was staying still and it was this leg song and <laughs> it was great and it was working. And I was like. I've nailed this. Now I'm doing this leg song with him and he laughs every time. I tried it again last night. Over it. Not funny anymore. Yeah.
1: And I just, the thing, you know, which is so hilarious is it's so thankless. (laughs) Like, do you think I want to change your shit multiple times a day? Like, do you think this is fun for me? And do you want to mix in crocodile rolls? Like, where is this... Heavenly. (laughs) And then I do it and I change it and he just keeps on playing. No, like, thank you, Mama. I really – like, you clean my bum so well. Like, nothing. Nothing. And I don't think you ever get that thanks again until they have a child and go, Oh, shit. You were good, Mum. You were amazing. Just, yeah, just – parenting raise and you know we want to raise smart resilient healthy kind children and every day I crumble to his needs and wants and I go oh my gosh am I raising a brat or you know just yeah. that juggle of how do we do this I don't know there are parenting books but do they really know either yeah it's it changes all the time doesn't it like and don't you feel like the experts right you might be an expert in food like pediatric Mm -hmm. health or you might be an expert in behavior but you like you don't nail all the things it's like a dentist is an expert in teeth but they're not like an expert in pt like they don't have guns you know what i mean (laughs) i feel like something has to give and all the experts will like drill all this knowledge Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's just got to work
0: yeah it right. is. It's a constant for me. I find that I want to make sure that I'm speaking certain kinds of language in front of him. Like, you know, I'm gentle about things and I talk about, you know, I, I want so so much to make sure that he's brought up in this society that we're a part of where we're open and we're talking about things and mm. we we don't raise our voices over something silly and you know that's really important to me and that we're all inclusive and it doesn't matter if she's not your friend she might be your friend like, I'm so yes. worried about that I want it just to be him to be so inclusive and happy and have all these different and then kinds you're like, of is friends He's too young
1: to know he's what this He's literally a baby is. he doesn't <laughs> understand he's like, he's like I don't understand divide. He's like <laughs> is it gender issues? What do you what is my gender <laughs> it's so confusing right it's and all so you want to do is just i mean it's silly but it's so you know it's on your mind because you want to yeah. be good you know? and i think that and this is the thing i was talking about with sean um who's my co-host on the podcast we do is if you're having the thought you're already doing the job. Yes. Like if you're just trying to even figure that out, it's already happening, Mm -hmm. you're going to raise an okay kid. I think it's when you just don't care and it's not even a thought. Mm. And I think sometimes that you still raise an okay kid. Like... I really hope it takes a lot to fuck them up. Yeah, You know, like <laughs> fingers crossed. <Aww. laughs> or what are we doing, right?
0: And it is really hard when you've got a little one to have a relationship with your partner. It's mm. really hard to be able to have an adult conversation. <laughs> like it's it's, an, it's a nightmare. Oh and God. you kind of like, you know, we try as much as we can to keep things as normal as possible. Totally. And But when we actually are able to, like we'll go out for dinner or whatever, we're able to have an adult conversation, you're like, how long has it been? Since we actually were able to just talk about like what, like politics or what,
1: something, whatever, yeah, you know, as as adults, how do you keep that with Benji? Do you know what's so funny? He will kill me for saying this. <laughs> so, this morning, the three of us were in the bed. I was obviously extremely tired. I had terrible sleep last night. They both slept like angels, and they come in and we're all in the bed for a couple of hours, and um, Benji's just like you know, giving me hints of be- wanting to be intimate. And I, was like, um, and I was like, I've got to get ready. I've got to leave at 9.30, which is when Fox goes to sleep. He's like, oh, I'll just put him in the walker. He'll be right. And I was just like, and we both knew Whatever that was the most insane thought. But it is this thing that you just go... Yeah, we, ha- we don't know when we'll ever do that again. <laughs> um, let alone have a conversation that isn't about logistics or nannies or fox. Yeah. fox. Sometimes we get a moment together in the car where we're like, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like how are you actually going? And how was training for you today? And how is, are you ready for the game? And and he does the same with me. But they're little nuggets you know, amongst the chaos. I have lists of things that I want to talk to him about, but we just don't get the time to get there and do it. That's a good idea, actually, a list.
0: Because <laughs> I think about all the things, the things I want to ask Jason, and yeah. I just – by the time that we actually sit down together, we are so – both of I mean, he's, he, he's a bit better of just – you know, getting, just going on, I like feel things when emotionally I'm more because I'm a female probably, yeah. but more in like in tune with when I feel like, you know, his hand is a bit off or Jace is a bit tired or, you know, whatever. I feel that more than him. So he just kind of, he's happy all the time. Yeah. Um, but a list would be great that I could roll <laughs> You're out. You're just like, okay, we've got 20
1: minutes. <laughs> number one. <laughs> How is the work pitch that you did? And it's this weird thing, right? But you kind of just got to make it work. I think the best thing is just to stay mates, mm. like through all of this weird stuff of like, oh, my God, but did you put the nappy on properly is like just to stay mates, like yeah. stay cool. It was cute. He made me um, an egg and bacon roll this morning and I was just like, that is my love language. Yeah, same. Whatever you need to do to just nourish each other in those very monotonous routine ways figure it out because at the end of the day Xander and Fox are going to run off into the world and you guys will be Two sitting left and, yeah yeah and you need to be healthy and you need to put yourselves first but also you want to be engaging and nourishing your own fire right and whatever feeds his soul at night and whatever does you know feeds mine separately it's like whoa! how do you get all of the things how do you have the great conversations with your girlfriends and your gays and you know how do you feel juicy yeah like
0: i feel like we try and make an effort jason which is great so Mm -hmm. we have to keep that connection but then it's your girlfriends too and the ones you have close to you i've only got a small group of really close girlfriends because you just don't have the time oh my god no and you need you know those relationships that you service and they service and it's a real relationship when you're this busy you know
1: and also throw in the naps on yeah. the weekend of your kid, and then the Saturday traffic, and you're like, is it even worth it? Yeah. Like going over there. Um, and then um, my girlfriend called yesterday and she's like, So can we do toddies next week? And I was like, Oh, next week is so bad. And she's like, You say this every week. And she has a child the same age as mine. And I just felt my heart panged, and mm-hmm. I was like, I have to prioritize this. Yeah. Like, it is just as important. Nourishing your friendships and feeding your soul is what makes your mum good and yes. what makes your wife good and what makes your work good. Totally, 100%. And I think that we need to value that. It's just God help us finding the time. <laughs> right.
0: And you said just recently that you're you're feeling baby ready for number two.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through a new stage and I'm just, whoa. You know, the ebbs and flows of that – I was so in, like Benji really should have impregnated me in that moment because now I'm like I don't even know right. how I could, how I could do two. I don't know. Do
0: you? Did you get when you were feeling ready to be pregnant the first time? Yeah. The, I I remember when I felt ready and I had said when we got married I don't want to have a baby for maybe a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something happened and it took over my whole body. Yeah. And it was like, body is ready now. Yeah. Does, has that
1: happened to you? Did that happen to you with Fox? Yeah, it did. And I think there was time concerns. Like mm. I was 30, 32 or 33, um, as well as my endometriosis creeping up again. There was like different factors. And then there was, I really had to sit in, what would my life look like if I didn't have a baby? And I really took, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take myself through all of that literally like a visualization of, okay, what if life looked like Benji and I broke up down the track? Um, I don't have parents i don't have siblings i'm i i get cancer or something i'm dying on my deathbed and there is nobody there change not even a child like and i was just like i cannot i cannot and I, <laughs> a little bit drastic but i went down that path and i just went i can't imagine not birthing can't imagine not being a mother ever and with all of those kind of pieces to the puzzle i was like bring me this baby mm-hmm. I am not there again yet. But I look, I feel like I didn't have a sibling and I longed for that, even though I really thrived in being an only child. I feel like that would be cool. For yeah. Fox, you know. But you what do we do about Fox when the baby's there? Like, how do you do the things? You just do. Like, uh, my, the way I see how?
0: it is, my mum had four under four. Uh, under five. Woman. Four under five. <gasps> and she worked and was still worked. What? Yeah. <laughs> she did. And she, my, she
1: washed her hands, her uh, clothes by
0: hand too, I'm sure. She like, uh, oh ridiculous. My God. So, like, you know, when I went, I just think, how? Like, this woman. And my dad was studying a doctorate in education at the time, so he, was, he was so busy. So I, I always think, oh, you know what? If
1: but they what? figured it out. Do you just call pop it and just go you know I guess what? three years of sacrifice and nappies I was with um beautiful Kate Waterhouse last night and she was like my youngest just got out of a nappy five years of nappies I, I wow like
0: that's Although I, sometimes I think I would like to wear a nappy because at the same time
1: totally would love <laughs> You know what? Sometimes I just want to regress and be a baby, 100%. and I just have someone carry me around. Not full size. Like I want to shrink back. Have someone like carry me around, suckle on the boob, do a poo, be changed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and
0: it's no big deal. I can just like my son bang on the fridge when I'm hungry, oh, and someone yeah, just feeds me. You know I just yeah. yeah uh, today I'm not ready for a baby. Ask me again next week. Okay, cool. Um, and you did mention in this chat about losing your mum. It was about mm-hmm. 13 years ago. Mm. How do you think that has influenced you as a mum? Oh,
1: my God. Her. How has she influenced uh, She you was – so she and I were completely enmeshed. She was my greatest love before Fox. <laughs> um, and I get that love now, the profound love that we had together. She sacrificed everything for me. She worked two jobs. She never had another partner after my father. And they broke up at three. She didn't want me to ever have any – men that weren't for real, forever men in the house and she didn't know who that was going to be. So she just sacrificed love. And the things that she did for me, which you only look now back at in retrospect and go, wow, is is the mother... I want to be, I mean, I don't want to be as enmeshed with Fox because then losing her, I, I I, thought I was going to kill myself and I want him to feel like no matter what happens to me, he's strong and resilient. Um, but the absolute unconditional love that she showed me and that – there's no sh- and she also raised me um very ahead of our time where she was you know on the floats at the Mardi Gras and was very inclusive and even you know I remember growing up and I think I must have asked what a prostitute was or something and <laughs> and I said could I be a prostitute and she just said you know what if you're not hurting anybody you can do and be whoever you want and I was just like what a woman Amazing. and what a way to raise my son you know there is no fixed ideas on him he is whatever he is um and that's from her
0: amazing amazing. Do you feel her around you? Like, do you feel mm. her when you're with
1: Fox? Because
0: that's the time yeah. that yeah. I feel like, you know, my grandma, I mean, like, this is not psychic podcast, but um, <laughs> totally I feel like. like my grandma, we were really, really, really close and she and my granddad passed away last year. Mm. Um, sorry, not last year, the year before. 19 days apart, there was someone oh like So they love just
1: that. had to go together. Do you feel her around you? Well, I, it's a weird story, but I said, I asked her so when she was passing away and she was kind of semi-conscious, um, I said to her, I really, really need you to give me a sign and so when I went home the day after she passed away uh, we were living in a on the 33rd floor of the apartment and it had been obviously closed up for a little while because we'd been in hospital Um, and it was full of moths like covered like almost scary like they were everywhere and they were fluttering and it was just like very obvious that the moth was the symbol. And so throughout my life, the night before my wedding, I was in Byron and there was a rainforest moth, which is almost the size of half of your arm in my way. And when we moved into our new home, so I see moths around quite often, but also something interesting is my lamp has been flickering a little bit lately and it hasn't. And that has been to me one of those signs Mm -hmm. and i don't get because for a long time i just was pushing her presence away i just even just acknowledging her death has been really hard that the these little things now i feel like she really wants to be a part of this so yeah that's been amazing but also with that comes incredible amounts of loss again because you just want your mum, and i just need her to like and, and i'm sometimes i'm upset because I'm like I fucking need you Mm. like I need you to be here I need you to help me why didn't you teach me this what happened with me when Mm. you were raising me as a baby like I've you go there's just this constant hurdle so I feel like more than ever she's just like I am so here Mm -hmm. but yeah it doesn't get easier unfortunately but you're the happiest at right now than Mm -hmm. you've been yeah I am I am I am present, I am healthy, I am with my son every day, I'm doing great work, my husband and I are like on fire. I mean, and, just this morning. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we would have been really on fire if we put him in the walker. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel really joyful. Awesome. Mm. Thank you so much for
0: the chat. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're really liking this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with all of your friends. Next time on Raw Talks, I'll catch up with the Crap Housewife, Jessica Rowe. We'll see you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?